Hello, and welcome to the Boost Over Ball podcast. Um, I'm pleased to announce that we uh, have partnered with Rocket League Community Clips on Discord and on YouTube. Um, please feel free to go ahead and join their Discord channel. I will put it in the episode description as well as it's on our Discord server. But it is a community-driven server that you can submit your Rocket League clips to, and it will post to their YouTube channel daily of uh, clips from the community. So we're very excited to be able to give all of our listeners the opportunity, if you play Rocket League, to have your clips featured on their channel. Let, let's jump into, I, I guess let's do our first thoughts first. What did you think of the event? What did you think of the entire, I guess, competitive scene over the weekend? Um, first off, absolutely some of the most exciting Rocket League I've ever seen. Um I mean, Worlds last last season going to Worlds that was exciting, but somehow this this felt just as uh, just as impactful. It was wonderful to watch. I think in a lot of part because of this podcast, because of us talking about it and me getting more into it through uh, through this podcast. It was just it was so much so much energy um, for me. I was incredibly excited going into it. Uh, but I will say one thing I did not like was the time difference because trying to watch these games at 2 a.m <laughs> well it gave me mixed results how do you feel about it yeah i mean I, I i think that like you said the podcast has definitely helped feel more in tune with it like i know a lot of people in the u.s i'll transition a little bit but the, a lot of people in the u.s have gotten into formula one racing recently because of the netflix series and I feel like it's easier to get into for people because they know, like, they know the players, they know the people, and they know the the teams involved, right? And so, like, I feel like that's how it is for us, right? So I know all the players involved, I know all the people competing for spots, I know the teams, I know, you know, what they, how, how they like to play. So being able to watch with all of the background knowledge is makes it almost more exciting and easier to to kind of understand the storylines that the that the broadcast team tries to tries to convey oh absolutely the storylines are really where i think 
I think you hit that right on the head there. Is it's the storylines. The storylines are fantastic. Being able to know and us talking about them and digging into it and understanding like where these people have come from, how they, you know, you know, even, you know, was it feels like a, a lifetime ago, but they had the roster apocalypse between this season and last season. So we had no idea what we were getting. And then because of some of the moves, like with uh, Gen G moving from EU to NA, we had no way really to predict what would happen when they stayed, when they finally ran into their old uh, would be league mates. I don't know. Fellow old... continent mates. Yeah, there we go. They're know. old continent mates, you know, because like they, you know, uh, man, it's so much. It's so much better. It, it adds a whole nother layer being able to actually know these players' names and where they're from and who they played against and with before, because then you can kind of see, you know, oh, they kicked that guy off the team, and now he's whooping their butt. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But speaking of uh, getting your butt whipped, our predictions. Oh, yes. Uh, well, our predictions, uh, we just mathed it out with our very complicated mathing, uh, and we were both five for eight of our predictions. Um for, for the I people predicted. making it into for the people making it into the Swiss, yes, yes, oh yes, for players making it or for teams making it into Swiss, I had Phase, Genji, Liquid, uh, Carmen Corp, and Moist, and then I missed on Quadrant Club and Falcons. Man, I on the other hand had uh, Carmen Corp, Liquid, Genji, Moist, and V1 making it in, and I notably missed out on Space Station, G2, and Pioneers. And I also add a honorable mention. I talked quite a lot about Faze not making it in, and that was not quite right. <laughs> you did. You went hard on him too. I was like, man, don't hurt him. <laughs> hey, I mean, it, it, I mean, I also, I also, because of my poor math skills, was like, you know what? It's going to be four to one EU NA, and that wasn't right at all. I think that we ended up with what uh seven naeu combined and then uh one sam so more na made it than i originally thought yeah i we had uh phase version one and gen g so you're pretty close with three na teams uh one sam team and five eu teams wait a second Hunt, Math car- on that. Four. Four. Sorry. There you go. Three NA, one Sam, and four EU teams. <laughs> oh, we're real good at math. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I remember, I, like, one of the one of the matches, one of the series I actually watched was the deciding factor on whether it was going to be NA or EU heavy, and it was so exciting. Um now off the top of my head i cannot remember which one that was but i'll i'll find that out and i'll yell it out in a moment um moist g2 yes yes that sounds right yeah that went oh, to ga- that went to game five and g2 ended up losing <laughs> yeah they did okay well um that's our predictions uh i did i i did call it overall uh i i went back and double checked because i wasn't sure but uh yeah gen g uh i was right <laughs> yeah no you, you you definitely predicted better than i did that time and 
including I'll even uh, not dock myself some extra points because I said Pioneers would get in in the Swiss, and they did not take a single match uh, in, in the tournament, nor did James Cheese. But uh, nice job. I was watching, and I was laughing so hard because I remember you were so for Pioneers, and I was just like, okay. And then, they, yeah, James Cheese and Pioneers did not. They just 0-9. That's rough. It is. That's rough for them. It is. But uh, that being said, let's jump into the Swiss stage. Um, let's start out with, in your opinion, the biggest disappointments. Not necessarily for you personally, but like as for teams that you know definitely think that they should be competing, you know, on the on Championship Sunday. Well, uh, I mean, the obvious call out is going to be G two, right? They placed second overall. They were the runner-up world champs last season. And, you know, the actual world champs didn't even make it, right? So it's it's interesting to see that G2, again, is seeming to fall short because they didn't even make it into playoffs. And honestly, the most surprising thing was their them getting sweeped by power. I didn't watch that series. Did you catch it? They just did not look good. They looked uncomfortable the entire way through. Power, you know, were able to, to kind of have their way, right? They There were two one-goal games, including an overtime, but, I mean, G2 scored two goals the entire series. Oof. They were just able well, to, like, impose their will. Well, and it's interesting because you look at their lineup in Swiss – they lost oxygen. They get swept by power, and then they sweep uh, James Cheese and Falcons, who were definitely the lower performing teams on in this tournament. And they go up against Moist, and they go to Game Five. And Moist was looking incredible, so I'm surprised they went to Game Five there because it looked like every time G2 ran against a top tier team, they just could not finish finish the deal yeah i mean i I don't know if it's a if it's a a mentality thing it kind of seemed like it took them a while to ramp up right because like that or they had a bad day one because that would be you know day one is round one and round two so that's their loss to oxygen and power maybe they weren't properly prepared for those matches but you know then they had a pretty decent you know day two day three getting a couple wins and taking Moist to five. But, I mean, that they're definitely a team that feels like they should be competing, you know, for major wins, not not just playoff appearances, especially being your runner-up world champions. Another team that sticks out to me as uh, some, some more disappointments would be Space Station. Um, we've been pretty vocal about how we both like the Space Station uh, roster and and team we are fans for fans of them at worlds um but you know in 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 the offseason they drop rattles and they pick up lj um that's a roster move that looked pretty good for them throughout the the fall regionals they were able to place you know third or fourth third to fourth in the you know losing in the quarterfinals every single time making it into the major but you know they're a team that you know, needs better results, right? They Falcons took them to five games, but 
Carmine Corp and Secret and FaZe all made quick work of them. So really the only kind of teams that they were able to beat this regional is teams that didn't make it out of the Swiss. Well, and, you know, you look at these and you kind of see that there's like tiers, right? There, you have your teams that are going to be top four pretty much every time. And then you have teams like PlayStation. They're good. And I really, you know, I, I really did become a fan of them. But they, there's something missing, you know, there, there's something missing in their play style because when they do come up against those, you know, that top tier, you know, the top, top tier, the Carmine Corps and uh, honestly, Secret, Secret was such a surprise this tournament. And, you know, we can talk more about that later. I don't want to distract myself. But, um, but yeah, Carmine Corp, Secret, Phase, and, you know, they just dropped the ball. From what I saw, I watched the, I watched the Space Station Gaming Phase match, and it really just seems like they have, um, they have too many, too many people trying to make plays and get their name yelled by the audience right as opposed to actually being team players and doing stuff like that um they seem to it seems to be too many too many people trying to make the cool shot i guess um their their team their play seems to be a bit too selfish from what i've seen yeah poorly opinion (laughs) i mean i could buy that i mean it's i i feel like the like based on the people that they've picked up and the and the, the type of games that they want to play, they want to be the NA's version of Liquid. So Liquid, all three of them are incredibly mechanical players. They're all very gifted. They can hit, you know, the highlight reel shots and they can pop off at any time. But I mean, you saw them make runs through, you know, power through quadrant. They were the only team to sweep secret all all event and they were able to do it based on physical demo plays and you know highlight reel solo plays so but they play a team style a team centric game that allows them the space to be able to bring out their mechanics which i think is what i think personally space station needs to focus on moving forward because i i think that they have too talented of a roster to fall short like this oh absolutely yeah and then, yeah, it, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add to that. Just like whenever they start to lose, they seem to like their reaction seems to be, well, we'll just play even better. And they get, you know, it just compounds upon itself. They start do they start going for even more crazier shots, solo plays as, a, you know, when they're winning, they seem to have no problem passing. But yeah, anyway, that's enough beating up on SSG. <laughs> I'm Fair. just disappointed in them. Yeah. <laughs> But one last team, and I'm I'm curious about this one. Do you think Falcons is a disappointment? Um, I wish I had a better opinion of this, but I honestly have not paid as much attention to to uh, Mina, so I don't I don't honest I don't know uh, I don't I, know if they're a disappointment or not. I mean, they. I, it was kind of a two-team region, more so leaning towards Falcons as they got their spot, but. It's a team we've seen on the world stage a few times now, making it, you know, out making it like playing in worlds. Um, they had this the cup that they played in the off season in Saudi Arabia that they made it to the grand finals of. They've won on the world stage before. I mean, the Sunless Con video about Sandrock Gaming, which then become became Falcons, kind of made a lot of those guys 
um, Ahmed, Okalid, and TRK uh, household names for NA people specifically. But, I mean, I, I think that they would have expected better. But Absolutely. I could see that. But, I mean, they also they also got swept by G2, who was not performing very well. So I think that they probably underperformed, if anything. Um, but I also don't... I don't get the feeling from them that they are, at least this season, that they're going to be in that top eight. I think they ended up where we'll probably see them unless they can change some things around. Because they didn't run up against very strong... They lost to Space Station. We talked about Space Station was not playing that well either. And they lost to G2. And both those both those teams, I think, rightfully ended up not making it in playoffs. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that it's probably a disappointment to them to not make Swiss. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, with as competitive as NA and EU, EU especially has been, those top eight Swiss spots are going to be really hard to come by. So, and as shown by Space Station G2, you just can't have an off day. If you're going to a major, you have to be on your game or you will not make it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, and that leads into... Uh, what's uh, what do you see on here that was just not a surprise at all? Um, Carmine Corp. They 3-0'd, they lost one match, they showed up, they took care of business, they have Vatira, uh, arguably the best player in the world. They showed up and did exactly what everyone expected them to do. There. For me, it was Genji, of course. Um, I was rooting for them. Actually, what, what scared me the most watching this was the oxygen getting swept by oxygen and i was like oh no is genji not going to hold up and i think that uh i think that we talked about it when it happened because in the uh yeah i was about to bring that up it was uh leafex uh brody yeah yeah the 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 interview afterwards uh the guy's just like do you think that genji left eu because they couldn't compete and um jory's jory is was just like that's a toxic question like he handled it like a champ like jory is won so much respect for me because he could have easily started trash talking anything instead he just called out for what it was like that's a toxic question they're doing great you know they just didn't win that game with against us right and like but yeah i mean jory is was playing out of his mind that series also so yeah and i mean it that that question aged pretty poorly uh, <laughs> yeah, it did. They ended up winning the whole thing. But yep. So from disappointments to uh, just right on your expectations, what was, in your opinion, the biggest surprise of the Swiss stage? Uh, biggest surprise of the Swiss stage for me, honestly. Uh, oh, I would tie it up between G two being absolutely just not there not make it out swiss but more on the negative end on the positive end is team secret nobody expected team secret to you know we expect this team team secret you know kind of down with pioneer and james cheese because this you know this furia was the main name back you know back last season but secret's been doing what they need to do and now they look like they're incredibly competitive because they didn't get they didn't get softball teams either. They lost the Liquid, but then they beat Quadrant, they beat SSG, and then they also beat Moist, who ended up taking second in the 
overall event. So like they held up pretty well. I was very surprised by Secret. Yeah, I I can echo that as well. I you know from getting in to the major on a tiebreaker uh, to top four in the Swiss. I mean, I I did not think that they were going to make it out of the group. I thought if any Sam team was going to make it out, it would have been the club. But, you know, I was certainly proven wrong there. I mean, the club was able to take to handle everything pretty easily throughout the throughout their split. But it it would appear to me that on the world stage, uh, Team Secret was was the far better team. So maybe it's just a case of, you know, the club has had their number kind of moving forward in the in their region, but that they stack up better against international competition in different play styles. So, but all in all, a fantastic showing for them getting, you know, top four. So I, I could not be more, more surprised with, with anybody's performance. An interesting thing I've just seen, I see is that uh, Secret and the Club played, they both played SSG and Moist and just went the opposite way for the club than it did for Secret. But I'm excited to see what happens next time. I, how many months do we have before the next one of these? <laughs> before the next major, we got uh, it's the beginning of February. No, I'm oh, sorry. So um, April, I believe. Yeah, it'd be winter, the winter major, right? Yeah, the yeah, winter April major. April 6th through the 9th. Yeah, but the uh, the next events we can talk about later. But, like, so then I guess my next question is for teams like G2, for teams like Space Station, for, you know, other teams that didn't make didn't make the top eight in Swiss, where, where do you go from here? Do you stand pat? Do you make a roster change, a coaching change? What do you think? For me, I mean, I want to see SSG get swap out coaching because um, it's not a talent issue. They have very talented players, um, and if anything, I would say they need to get a coach that can actually help them help dial back their egos and play more as a team, and we'd see them easily start making it into these Swisses and taking at least at least fourth. Um, G two, I don't know what's going on with them, man. <laughs> um and that's about as far as i as i can speculate what about you what do you think i mean i just i feel like space station g2 they both have the the pretty big roster moves that they make um g2 before the world championships bringing in atomic space station um afterwards dropping rattles and picking up lj so I, I feel like a roster move isn't necessarily the right call um as both of those are you know relatively new rosters um, I think Falcons is going to stay the same. I think, yeah, I mean, OCE is just a constant turnover on teams. But I have a, you know, Pioneers have, have stuck with their roster for a while and they've had success before. So I, I can see both them and Power staying pat. Um, I'm not sure about, like, you know, Quadrant and other teams in Europe. But, you know, now that we're after the fall major, we got, you know, the next transfer window coming up here. So. I'll be very interested to see what some of these teams do if they make any dra- drastic roster changes. Like I know um, Furia dropped Kayo, and there's rumors about them picking up Justin from NRG um, and Percy from the U.S. who's currently a free agent. There's a couple different options, so it should be a pretty interesting transfer window for the teams that did not perform as they expected at the, the fall major. 
Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm very curious to see if it's going to be as turbulent as uh, the last time, as as preseason was with all the roster changes. Um, I think we may see a bit more shuffling around in NA than we will in EU. Uh, mostly just because NA does not seem to be. I still stand by. I don't think NA is as strong as EU. Um, and well, it's not fair because they play in NA. But Gen G is primarily an EU team, and they're still, you know, and they're dominant. Um, and yeah, they're playing in NA, but that's only that's only you know that's a new thing. I, I don't I wouldn't call them like NA uh, by any means. And you can tell it, there's something in the play style or the way that they handle the game that it's just they're better. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that one. Moving on from the Swiss, let's jump into uh, into the playoffs from Championship Sunday. Um, I think that in in the quarterfinals, especially that you know, Moist looked dominant in that series against Carmine Corp. I mean, they're all relatively close games. You know, they're they're all one goal games, but you know, I think that Moist was able to impose their will. Astral absolutely had a phenomenal series as this is kind of the Vatira astral grudge match. They kind of had an unofficial trade going on with Vatira going to Carmen Corp and uh, astral going to moist. And I think that that was a very entertaining series to watch watching, you know, kind of a bunch of mechanical wizards go at it. Absolutely. Um, and also in the quarterfinals, another, another series that uh, very fun to watch. Uh, if, anybody wants to go back and see a good series but the uh secrets absolutely uh just wiping the floor with d1 to be honest um it's unfortunate because d1 was showing pretty good all throughout swiss and then you know they are pretty close games and they're one goal games three of them were going i guess every one almost every one was a one goal game two goal game so they were pretty close overall but it just Team Seeger showed up. Yeah, they, they certainly did to move them into top four. But uh, Oxygen Phase. Um, phase bested Oxygen on Champions Field to move into the semi the semis, and none of, none of the games in the series were were that close. Right, no, There were no one-goal games. Most of them are multi-goal uh, wins for, for both te- for teams and teams you know, both directions, right? So when Oxygen was winning, they were winning by a lot, or when FaZe was winning, they were winning by a lot. But, you know, again, we kind of see the power of the tactical timeout uh, all throughout the weekend, really. I think that uh, games after a tactical timeout, uh, teams were, you know, had 100% win percentage. And this series is no no different with FaZe taking a timeout after game two and winning two to tie it up the series. Then an Oxygen timeout and a win in game five, before phase takes the final two games but a kind of a weird series very you know back and forth but the games were pretty lopsided during during them well i mean then you look at the final game in the quarterfinals you got gen g and team liquid um absolutely phenomenal series uh they also were very close i think every game Oh, one game was a two-goal differential, but the rest were one goal uh, between them. And it's similar to, to what we've seen in other things. It's 
it's good coaching and it's good uh, good mentals because you have Team Liquid taking the first two games and the Gen G timeout and then they take a game and Liquid takes a game and they take two more and then Liquid time takes their timeout and it just didn't end up working out for them because Gen G uh, takes it 1-0 in Champions Field, but uh, that's fascinating to me that one pickup of theirs because uh, as we've talked about before, Gen G goes on to win it after this and like that that series was probably the defining moment on them making on on who won the worlds or not worlds the fall major, major. Yeah. yeah i mean i i personally think that 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 series was the best of the best of the tournament the best of the playoffs certainly was the closest they had you know highlight reel plays from from both sides it was a very back and forth and it was a, a ton of fun to watch uh you know, Gen G certainly did very, very well to beat an in-form and firing on all cylinders Team Liquid. But moving into the semifinals, um, Moist ends Team Secret's run. Um, top four is phenomenal for Team Secret, as we talked about before. But, you know, Moist is just, they were just better in the series. Um, Astro continued to show up, continued to show out for Moist and show them why he why that was a good pickup for them. Um, highlight real goals, uh, dunk goals, and Joyo, uh, Joyo with some physical bumps, demos to clear the way for his teammates to, to get some easier goals, to get, you know, to be able to use their mechanics. It was a, a great showing from, from Moist. Absolutely. I mean, uh, to add on to that, like, I loved every time I got to watch Moist in this event. Um, considering their loss to Furia in the Worlds, like it's that was a very hard loss for them uh, in at Worlds, and I'm excited to see that they're still just as good as they were then, and they're still a top team. I mean, obviously they ended up second in this event, right? Um, but man, do they play a very good game. They're very entertaining to watch. Um, but then our other semifinals game was not very close. Uh, it was Phase versus Gen G. And uh, Gen G kind of just had it in the bag the whole time. Um, I mean, there weren't any runaway games. There weren't any games where Gen G had a whole bunch of points on top of Phase. But I, when I when I, when I was watching it, it never really felt like Phase was, you know, dominant in that game. It felt like Gen G had the game under control pretty well. I would agree. I mean, the kind of the joke and nickname. Maybe a little bit less of a joke now, but uh, fourth clan, right? Fourth in the worlds, fourth in the in the sum in the summer split. Before that, fourth in this major. I mean, they do it. They do well enough to to get through. They looked good against Oxygen. They looked good in Swiss, but you know, just kind of outclassed by Gen G. Yeah, and then uh, moving on into our grand finals, which excellent series to watch, by the way. I mean, all of these. This was such a good weekend for Rocket League. If it wasn't at two in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a little bit easier for me starting at five in the morning because I'm on east. I'm in the Eastern Time Zone. But yeah, I mean, Genji just overpowered Moist. I, I think that you know Astro continued to show his his incredible play, but I think that Chronic showed up at the perfect time. Chronic really carried this this Gen G team 
all of Sunday, I think. Um, flip reset goals, you double doubles, um, physical play. He was opening up, you know, lanes for his teammates. He was finishing really well. Just an absolute incredible showing from from Chronic. Absolutely, and you know, to kind of add back into our conversation a bit about teamwork um, and what makes a good team and what makes them get to this point is like watching watching Gen G play. Uh, that final game, the game that won them the, the event, the goal that won the event was from, oh no, I just lost the name as I was thinking about it. Hold on, getting it, uh, Nolly. Nolly had an opportunity to take what would have been a pretty dangerous shot and instead made just an absolute phenomenal pass down to apparently Jack, who was able to just boop right on in without an issue and that won them the major like that play alone is like masterclass on how to not be selfish and play as a team i don't know i don't know if you i mean you probably saw it but like i was sitting there and i was cheering so loud i was like oh my gosh what a play and to just not because he had he, you know he had a really nice angle but he he went for the pass instead it was just ah ah it was beautiful <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of surprised. I, I didn't know that they would be capable of doing that because they left EU because they couldn't compete, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, they left the EU because they couldn't compete. <laughs> <laughs> that did not age well, and we've talked about that before. But uh, a fantastic victory for Gen G. Congratulations to them for winning the 2022 Fall Major. Um, I think they look to bring this momentum into the winter split. But transitioning to another, another you know tweet topic that didn't age well, um, all of the hate that the NA fans got uh, leaving the World Championships after BDS Team BDS wins. Oh, I'm not aware of this. So spill that tea. <laughs> Carmine Corp is a Dutch heavy team. They are based in the Netherlands. And um, once Carmine Corp was knocked out by Moist in the quarterfinals, a majority of the pro-Dutch, pro-Carmine Corp crowd left. It's encapsulated in a tweet by uh, Widow, who, you know, basically said kind of the same things that, you know, and people were giving the NA crowd a hard time because they left, because yeah. they left the, the World Championships early, but then did the exact same thing. So I know, like, people like Johnny Boy, people like, uh, you know, some of the other casters and talent that the RLCS has were very hard on U.S. fans for leaving after their team was defeated in the grand finals. But, you know, they, they turn around and do the exact same thing. It makes sense. You can look at any I, – I don't, you know, I don't condone it. Like, be there, support the, support the game, support the sport, you know there and be supportive whether your team wins or loses like i totally that's where i'm at i i was just happy to watch the rocket league but i also understand it you know if you watch watch any major sports game like if you go to watch i don't know football seahawks versus some other football team because i know football um <laughs> and like the seahawks lose like you're not gonna sit around and watch the other team cheer if you're really a big seahawks fan i just I don't think it's the greatest look, but I also can understand why people are doing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think it's a it's a dumb 
conversation to begin with, right? I mean, like you said, I mean, I'll use the World Cup as an example, right? So England just lost to France a couple of days ago. The English fans aren't going to sit around and watch the French the French fans celebrate. No one is. That's just not how it works. So, like, it's just a kind of a, a bad comment to begin with on how, you know, everybody needs to be staying to watch the other team celebrate. You don't have to do that. You're not obligated to do that. Stay, enjoy the Rocket League, enjoy the weekend, but you can, you're still allowed to be pissed that your team lost. It happens. It's part of the sport. So, I mean, I, exactly. I don't, I don't understand people being so pretentious about it. Your team loses. That's fine. It happens, but you can be mad and you can leave if you want to. Doesn't make you a, not a fan of the sport. Doesn't make you a bad person. It just happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Is it rude to the people? Is it rude to the to the people who made a movie if you leave before you watch the credits? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But it feels like the same thing. It's like what you came to see is over, so leave. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I'm with you. Although I will say, and I don't know what this says about me, but I had those same kind of tweet-like feelings when I went and watched the latest, you know. Uh, the latest Marvel movie, uh, Wakanda Forever, and like the credits started, people started leaving. I was like, "You're not gonna wait for the thing after the credits? Come on!" Yeah, <laughs> I got, I got, I got more upset by that than I should have, and I just laughed to myself about it later. But also, like, yeah, the pandemic was hard, man. I lost all ability to socialize. <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> Well, uh, I think that pretty much wraps up our coverage. Uh, unless, actually, we could talk about. Do you want to talk about the player accolades from the RLCS analysts and administrators? Uh, I thought them. I thought they were pretty interesting this time around. Yeah, uh, let, let, go for it. Let's, let's hear it. Yeah. So, uh, so they give out these these little awards based on what who they think you know had the greatest impact on d- these different uh, categories. So for the Fall Major Offensive MVP, it was Vatira on Carmen Corp. As, as you talked about before, Vatira, uh, in your opinion, is the greatest player in the world. Um, <laughs> that sounded way more snippy than I meant it to. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Fall Major Defensive, we're looking at KV1 from Team Secret. Makes sense. They got to, they went way further than anybody expects them to, and uh, I think that the announcers and analysts uh, believe KV was a big portion of that. And then the Fall Major MVP, just overall best player, uh, most important player, is apparently Jack from Gen G, and I fully agree with that. Even though, even though they did say right at the end that that Nolly may have taken the MVP with that pass, but that was like one major play, and apparently Jack was just, he was just solid the entire event. Thoughts, feelings, comments, concerns about those? I mean, Vatira, <laughs> offensive MVP, I, I agree. I think maybe you can make a make a an argument for Astral or for a Chronic from Liquid, um, but, you know, I, that makes sense. Major MVP, I definitely agree with KV1. That that he played phenomenally. Um, he had a, just a boatload of saves. He played very very well and helped uh, backstopping Team Secret to the to top four. Um, however, the Fall Major MVP, I you know I can get behind apparently Jack, but 
I I really think Chronic should take this one. You know, he, apparently Jack's teammate, he, I think, carried Gen G on that last day, especially, but he had some really good high-level play the entire the entire weekend, so I would have loved to see Chronic win that one, but I'm, I'm not upset with the, uh, with apparently Jack getting it either. I can definitely see for Chronic. I mean, the, this was his rookie, his, his rookie event, right? And he won it. So he is now, uh, oh my, it, I don't know if you saw the interview with the team afterwards when they were getting their trophy and everything like that. Um, they interviewed Chronic and, you know, he's, he's a rookie. It's his first time being in front of a live audience. First time up for any of this. And, there's like, do you have anything to say? And he's just like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> he just basically kept saying that over and over. And I was like, that, that is that you know, I feel that in my bones. <laughs> um, oh, one thing actually, I'm gonna circle way back because I forgot to talk about it, and I thought it was like one of the most incredible things is, uh, now this is way back in Swiss, so, um version one versus team liquid game two was a huge record breaker in a lot of different ways uh did you catch that game i did so 10 and 10 minutes 38 seconds overtime it was zero zero uh with version one eventually losing but in that one game version one got uh, Beast Mode got the highest single score players made in one of these. I think that he had 1,300 points. Um, I think somebody on Team Liquid got most saves of any player in a game. I don't remember what all the stats were. It was intense. It was it was just a crazy game. If you not watch any other single game, that one is it was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean longest game, most saves by a team, most saves by a player. Highest score by a single player, most shots by a single team. It it was a tremendous game of Rocket League, and we got you know kind of three for the price of one. You know, ten and just over ten and a half minutes of overtime in one game is just crazy. Yep, new records. I mean, that just add that to the pile for version one. They may not ever make it to a podium, but man, do they hold a lot of records now. They, you know, uh, what was it? Um, Most the demos. first event of the year. Yeah, first event of the year. I think they got twenty or Com got twenty two demos in a game, and like yeah, so they should just line up all of the world records that they have and call that a win. But no, that they've they've done well. So I'm, I'm happy that we we that I got to see it, which is which is awesome. All right. Well, I think that is a good place to bring us into the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is let's see how smart cube is today. And who are we talking about? And now for a player spotlight. pretty on the spot here because we, we were talking about him right there right there at the end but we're gonna we're gonna take a look at chronic so nick chronic iwanski was born september 5th 2005 which currently makes him 17 years old 
the American-born player began his professional career in 2018 uh, with, you know, various money tournaments and things that he's allowed to compete in, um, quote unquote, underage for Psionics guidelines before joining his first roster of Upper 90 Esports in 2019. Um, he then made the move to Stromboli in 2020 before bouncing between the Rejects to OSTYN to the Randoms and to Stormtroopers before finally settling in with his uh, new English teammates at Gen G in September of 2022. Um, he has really been able to flourish in this role as not necessarily as third man, but kind of as a supporting cast member to apparently Jack and Nolly. Um, they kind of call apparently Jack and Nolly kind of call him uh, the honorary Englishman. Uh, and he's been able to really take his role and run with it. Um, we saw in Championship Sunday him really flourish and showcase his abilities and his me his incredible mechanics and speed allowed him to dictate play and after winning the first split they will only look to continue their domination moving into the winner split. Well thank you very much for that. I know so much more about Chronic. Oh yeah. The player. <laughs> yep. Alright well uh, what do we got coming up next? Well like we touched on a little bit at the beginning, our LCS is going to take a break until the last week in January before we start uh, regional events again for the winter split. And so the transfer, the January transfer window is, for all intents and purposes, open. I don't know if teams are officially allowed to sign players yet or not, but for all intents and purposes, there will be tryouts, there will be drops, there will be rumors, and uh, we will do our very best to bring you whatever information we can as quickly as possible and try to keep everyone everyone and all the rosters straight in our in our heads and notes when we when we bring them to you absolutely and also stay tuned because uh if if we do have a slow week where nothing happens we may actually have something uh some variety show potpourri of podcasting rlcs goodness for you yeah, we got a couple of uh, interesting interviews in the works that we're, we're looking to try and bring to you guys. Um, staying up, staying with our uh, Wednesday morning upload schedule. So we will try to get those out to you in addition to any kind of transfer rumor content that comes out. But uh, until next time, thank you so much for listening. And remember to always choose Boost Over Ball. Thank you for listening to the Boost Over Ball podcast. Thank you.